accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our run through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Family Business. 23rd episode of the third season, aired on May 15th, 1995. Written by Iris Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf, directed by Rene Aubergenois. In this episode, Quark's mother violates Ferengi law by earning profit. Just going to be me talking about this one. It's a Ferengi episode. I don't think we're missing much. I don't need to uh, spoil my opinion about what I think about these ones, but... Uh, yeah, it'll just be me. So I'm going to take a break, play an audio clip, and I will come back and break down family business. So, how do you get to be an FCA liquidator anyway? <laughs> Hard work. Bribes. Sucking up to the boss, just like any other job. Are these all your assets? Yes. No. <laughs> Down to the last slip of latinum. You realize... Concealing financial information from the FCA could result in severe fines. I would never dream of trying to hide anything from the FCA. We'll see. All right, so let's go through this one. Uh, it's another Ferengi episode, another one directed by René Aubergenois as well, who seems to have a, uh, a thing for directing these ones. Uh, after profit motive earlier in the season, which we weren't really too crazy about, but we didn't think was too bad, we get family business, which we get to introduce to Quirk and Rom's mother, and uh, Moogie, as she's affectionately known. And we get a little bit of a Cisco plotline. We get a little bit of both A and B. So let's talk about the uh, the Ferengi aspects, I think, at first. Um, I don't really, I don't think I like the Ferengi episodes. I don't. I've been trying to think about why before I started recording this. I think that I think the problem is that they are even though DS9 takes them more seriously, the Ferengi are still kind of a goofy gag-based race. Um kind of silly. They don't really have a lot going on underneath the surface. It's not a great analog to anything like the Cardassians are a good analog to Orwell's 1984 type uh, future, which is like a fascist government that is comically deceptive uh, to the population and has a, you know, stakes in sort of being confusing and duplicitous. There's a real depth to the Cardassians. There's like, there's more of a depth to the Klingons and stuff like that. Like the those races are developed a little bit more and they have personalities that allow the stories that they star in to take on a little bit of like an interesting flavor to them. The Ferengi don't. Um, the Ferengi are basically like, they're basically like failed hobbits from the, uh, from Lord of the Rings. I don't know. And this this is the first episode that we've seen Ferenginar, their home planet, which we've never seen before. We see that it's rainy. They live in little like hobbit huts. They eat grubs and beetles and the mother is investing in a beetle farm. It all feels very it all feels very princess of the bride for some reason to me. It feels a little bit silly and a little bit disconnected from the rest of the Star Trek universe. They don't really fit in with the other races, uh, especially ones that we've seen, for how much we've seen of the Ferengi. You can always buy these sort of goofy cornball one-off races that show up for an episode and then disappear and you never see again. But 
the Ferengi have had a lot of um, airtime dedicated to them, and they don't really develop into anything beyond this sort of gag. In this episode, the gag is uh, the bribery aspect. I, I wouldn't even say that they're bribing each other. They're basically paying each other to get information. Uh, Brunt makes an appearance. Jeffrey Combs playing Brunt, but this is the... Uh, the gag I'm talking about is whenever Quark needs some information or he goes and tells the receptionist he needs to talk to somebody, he has to pay that person, and then they give him a little bit more information. Quark doesn't seem to realize this, which doesn't make a lot of sense. He hasn't been home in two decades, I think the episode makes clear, but the payment thing seems totally like it would be a piece of Ferengi culture. It's like the ultimate in uh, rent-seeking behavior. Rent-seeking is that like uh, economics term where... You insert yourself into a process just to make money out of it without adding anything to the process. So the example is like if you have a river that people go up and down in boats, uh, if you put a fence across the river and you start charging a toll to go through, you are rent seeking. You're making money off of not really improving any other thing. You're just making money off of a process that exists without adding anything to it. Um, The Ferengi makes sense that they would completely buy into that like they would want to insert themselves into situations where they can get paid for not doing anything and this episode implies that it's controlling information is what they pay each other for so in order to get anything out of somebody you need to pay them uh in order to jump to the front of the line you need to pay them that's more of a bribe but brunt is more he knows exactly what quirk has to do but he won't tell quirk what he needs to do until quirk gives him a little bit of money uh even though it's ostensibly his job to tell him what to do um, and the, the Ferengi are, they're, they're like not, there's nothing to their sort of culture and their personalities that really drives anything forward. And I feel like Quark and Rom don't really change a lot over the course of their episodes. It's not like, uh, this episode's the B plot, the Cisco thing kind of reminds me of the Explorers plot line with him and Jake, but Explorers did a better job in... Showing you something about the characters. Even though it's a very small family-oriented story, it still tells you something about Jake. You learn that he doesn't want to leave his father alone. You learn he's trying to hook up his father with things. The the Ferengi episodes don't really do that. What they end up doing is just Quark and Rom fall into their ways of personality, and maybe they slightly adjust themselves by the end, but it's not a great shake. They don't really... There's nothing learned here beyond the fact that they learn about their mother, but it doesn't really feel like that learning that really sinks into the characters or changes anything. They they accept their mother slightly more at the end, but it's not a great change for them. I feel they just go back to where they were. They They learn about their mother's activities, but it never really feels like it has any impact on the character. It feels like it's just a story that's happening to the character. It doesn't it doesn't uh, reflect itself in Quark and Rom. I feel they're exactly the, the same people when they get out to the end of it. I don't know. I just don't find it. There's nothing structurally incorrect or poor about the story. It just feels like anyone can do it. And with that, I'll go into um, some patron feedback because I always do patron feedback when I am by myself. If you guys support the show on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you get to leave feedback and I'll read them and react to them. But I find it helpful to use Patreon comments as a sort of sounding board. Stephen Cobb says, family business. This is a great Ferengi episode. Interesting stakes, good writing, and really fleshed out Ferengi culture. Jeffrey Combs has a little uh, has little screen time, but what he does, he contribute. What he does contribute was so darn good that they kept bringing him back. He's so believable as an officious bu- bureaucrat. Excuse my language here. 
And when they enter the house on Ferenginar, the little scene with the towels and the entrance fee and the little ceremonial call and response, everyone's actions and attitudes are spot on. That continues through the whole episode, bickering brothers, who's the favorite son, and ultimately a much greater understanding of everyone's character and motivations by the end. You could plop this down into almost any hour-long drama and adjust the MacGuffin to fit the new show and keep virtually all the dialogue. I think I, I mostly agree with Steven's second paragraph here. I don't, I don't, it's probably a good Ferengi episode relative to the other Ferengi episodes, but I, I think that it doesn't really have too many stakes, despite the fact that it fleshes out Ferengi culture. Um, Rum and Quirk bickering doesn't feel like it really changes anything. They bicker all the time. Um, the favorite son, greater understanding of character and motivations. You, you understand where Quirk and Rom are coming from as brothers and how they became a little bit different, but I don't feel that it is a interesting story to get there, that Quirk is more like his mother and that Rom is more like his father. Since we never met his father, learning about his father or his mother, we never met her before this, doesn't really mean anything. It's, it's not like what happened here is a stakes-changing event. Um, his father's not around anymore. Quirk's father's not around. His mother's around. You kind of learn that, oh... Things that this character believes are not actually true. The audience never believed them, but I guess Quark doesn't believe them. That's just not really strong enough. At this point, this show is so serialized and so built off of the uh, characters that they've got that when they bring in stuff like this that's sort of from the background and it doesn't really tie into how you feel about the characters at this point, it feels a little bit uh, flat and empty. And I think that, uh, as Steven says, if you cut this into any hour-long drama and adjusted the MacGuffin to fit the new show, it would work. I don't think that's actually a praise uh, for the show. I think that's kind of a bad thing that your show is so generic. You could just change the character voices or the character names and voices and you'd end up with the same idea. I mean, all stories are kind of that to a point, but that doesn't feel like it suits this series. Then if if you're saying this, if this doesn't feel like a DS nine episode, then why do it would be my counter. Um, and I think that you're right that I think you could cut this and put it into any other hour-long drama and it would work. I just don't think it works for Quark, the Ferengi, or this show uh, in general. Um, Holly McLaughlin writes, Family business. The misogyny of baseline Ferengi culture is obvious in the way its normalcy on Ferenginar is shown without a lot of intense commentary from the characters. Serves to make it all the more effectively horrifying, in my opinion. Mugi is a worthy heroine, and I love Quark having to face the fact that his mother, he so denigrates and dismisses, has lobes twice the size of his own. It was an interesting opportunity to do something. I mean, the Ferengi culture is generally pretty horrible. Um, not just to women. It's, it's horrible across the board. It's particularly horrible to women. And it's horrible to women in a way that is difficult to... It's difficult to have any nuance to what they're doing with the female characters in this. Like, I've never seen him had a more alien reaction than Rom being more comfortable in the presence of his naked mother. That's like the most alien thing that I think the show has ever done. I can relate to everyone else. I can relate to like Armis. I can relate to the Vulcans. But Quark and Rom wanting to see their mother naked uh, and being more comfortable with it than clothed is probably the most alien thing that's ever happened in this series. Um and I think that the way that the Ferengi treat their females, I'll say females because that's what they say, is it's so like objectively wrong that it's difficult to get a an episode out of the idea. Like Quark and Rom, uh, Quark and Brunt are so obviously wrong about what uh, 
females can do, if you like extrapolate this to the real world, it just doesn't feel like there's any sort of nuance to the story because it's so clearly wrong that there's no other interesting way to go with it. And so all you get throughout the entire episode are Quirk arguing with his mother about you can't do this and she's saying why and he doesn't really he doesn't really have a good argument there is no good argument against it so that makes the drama very wishy-washy because there's nothing for the two sides to push back it's not an equal pushing back and forth between the two of them his mother's right his mother's better at what he does than he is and he doesn't really have a counter to that and it doesn't go more in depth on that it doesn't say that quark has developed this way because of his mother's skill it's more he just it takes after his mother and it's not very interesting it, it, it's weird it's um there needs to be more the 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 Ferengi are like little troll goblin characters that don't have a lot of um nuance to them and even when iris even bear tries to make them a nuance and he sort of blames humans and says that you know Ferengi never did things like commit genocide the Ferengi is still pretty horrible. Like that's it's not it doesn't say anything good about the Ferengi to say the humans had some bad times. Um so I don't know. They're hard. They're a tough race. I really for the amount of episodes that they have about the Ferengi, you would wish that they'd be a little bit more enjoyable and focused, but they're really they're really not. I really don't like the Ferengi episodes, at least at this point. I don't know if there's any that are coming up that are sort of like I know one is remarkably reviled, but I don't know if there are any that are particularly seen as an accomplishment. Maybe Little Green Men uh, works, but I don't know. Next comment goes to Matthew Ross. Family business. I have mixed feelings on this. It's not bad, but it's not really good either. The Frangi. Are they a farce of capitalism? Why isn't there a fee for taking each step and breathing? If it's trying to show trading gone cockeyed, I guess, and the episode is about women's rights overall, or is the episode about the rights of women overall, the women of rich pricks are just as smart? The Cisco side story only sat up Cassidy Yates with us. No, uh, well, I'll respond to the first thing before Cassidy Yates. Um, as I, I think I've said before, the Frankie aren't really capitalists. They're more of the mercantile class. I think some other people have chimed in agreeing with that or at least telling me about that. But they aren't really capitalists. The only thing that I've ever seen about their capitalist arguments is there was an episode in the first season, I think, where Quark and Rahm are arguing about uh, wages and Quark makes an incredible amount of money more than Rom. They aren't really even talking about anything besides the fact that Quark is unfair to his brother, but that's like the closest I could see is a uh, criticism of capitalism. Mostly they're just kind of wheeling and dealing and they don't really have any, it's not about like ownership or wage labor or anything associated with capitalism. It's just about the trading aspect. And that's probably less interesting, although it makes more sense in the Star Trek universe, I think, that there's this group of traders. It doesn't, it doesn't, because I don't understand how the Ferengi make money off the Federation if the Federation doesn't have money. I don't know what they do. We've talked about that before. But I think that they're more a farce of mercantile and sort of like greedy, um, just sort of greed in general, I guess, would be the way to describe it. Uh, the Cisco side story only set up Cassidy Yates with us knowing two things. One, Yates is a terrible headband, and two, she likes baseball, and that for that, better or worse, suddenly appears in later episodes and Voyager. Interesting, but not necessary. One thing that always drove me crazy is the damn dartboard. Don't give me that it's ours crap when you can replicate anything. Also, how come the station doesn't have the maintenance access to the bar, or even security access? 
it might be important. Jeffrey Combs portrays a favorite character and plays it well, although I would argue that this is well acted all around, not counting that idiotic fight with Rom and Quark. I just don't care, and it's a bottle episode, making me hit one to get past it. Not to it best. Um, well, I, I guess definition, definitionally, it can't be a bottle episode because they built so many Ferenginar sets. Um, they actually probably spent money on this episode. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of Ferengi uh, makeup. There are new sets that they had to build. They're not re- just reusing them which is technically what a bottle episode would do is just reuse uh, existing materials. Um, I think that the, I guess it's time we can talk about Yates. The Yates storyline reminds me of Explorers. And I say that by, I, I, I don't think that the Ferengi storyline in this one is bad, but I think the Yates one is more interesting in how subtle and non-consequential it is. It's consequential in the fact that it introduces Cassidy Yates, but there's really not a lot going on in that story. Um, I almost feel that, the, contrary to Explorers, where I was glad they didn't put a little conflict, I, w- I thought that the date between Cassidy and Cisco could have gone a little bit worse. Their earlier interactions could have been worse, and it's only the introduction of baseball into the conversation that really saves things. That's maybe a little bit predictable and hacky, but there's really not a lot going on between those two characters leading up to it. It makes more sense with Jake. Like I can understand Cisco and Jake having an adventure that doesn't really amount to much uh, beyond their sort of getting to know each other and talking to each other, but introducing a potential romantic interest for the captain, I feel there needs to be a little bit more in that story. There really isn't a lot. It's it's a very um, timid, dull conversation between the two I didn't even realize that their date is potentially not going well until the baseball thing knocked their communication into such another level that I was like, oh, maybe the date wasn't going well. But the show didn't hammer that home. It didn't really try to sell that, I don't think. I think I'm just inferring. Um, I I think the actress is good. She's better than Jennifer, the dead wife, that actress. Uh, the actress is good. She's obviously going to be important going on. There's just not a lot to talk about here in this one. Um, she likes baseball. Baseball has been dead forever. Uh, I guess we could get into the why baseball would die if you could have holodecks that can recreate everything. I feel like there there should be interest, and there is interest, I guess. It's just on a planet on the wrong side of the Federation. Um, that's about it. It's a little awkward that Jake is setting up his father like that. They try to sell that a little bit, but it doesn't really come across. The characters don't seem... Cisco and Cassidy don't seem as weirded out by that as I would be, I think. Um... And that's about it. It's kind of a, it's an okay story, right? It's fine. It's like a B plot. That, uh, if it was paired with a stronger A story, you wouldn't notice it as much. I think it's, it's okay. It just doesn't, um, you need a little bit more, I think, for that story. There's nothing offensive about it. Same as the Ferengi story. There's nothing really um, structurally unsound, but it just doesn't do it for me. Kyle Barrett says, family business. Eh, it's all right. I'm generally a fan of Ferengi episodes. Profit Motive is one of my favorite episodes of the season, but this might be too much for me. My issue is that Quark and Moogie have the same argument about six times over the course of the episode. Why can't I earn profit? Because you're female. Why can't a female earn profit? Because it's against the law. They simply change the wording slightly and have exactly the same conversation every five minutes. It's holy shitballs. The Captain Picard show has just been announced literally as I was typing this. I have to go. Well, Captain Picard is coming back. If people who don't know, they made that announcement. But um, I agree with Kyle. I think it's they they do they, it's because they don't have anything to do with the. Sto- There's nothing about the story really that is interesting in pursuing. So they just have this very light plot where it's against the law. 
the Ferengi IRS come in and say that your mother is cheating us and you need to take care of it, make restorations or tell her that she lied or whatever. And then Quark and her fight about it. They argue six times, as Kyle says, about you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this, you can't do this. And then she makes some money and they agree that it's okay, but not really. They don't really totally change their minds. They kind of accept that their mother is somewhat of a Ferengi radical and that's about it. There's no, there's nothing deeper to it than that. It's just, it's tacked on that Quark learns he's like his mother and not his father, but it's not a character that we've spent thinking, uh, watching entire episodes where he thinks that he's like his father. His father's never been mentioned before. Ferengi might just asexually butt off of some other Ferengi for all we know. Um, it just doesn't, there's nothing there. It's not particularly deep. Uh, but again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a very light semi comedy, uh, you know, and we know how I feel about Frangie comedy at this point. All right. I think that's it. We went through all the comments. We did. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't, it doesn't really grab me. I don't think any of the Frangie episodes really grab me. I'd be interested what people think the best Frangie episode is. Have we passed it? Uh, it's not, is it coming? I know there's a very bad episode coming, but have we just passed the Ferengi episode? And why do you think people, why, if you guys don't like the Ferengi, why is that? I'm interested in hearing feedback because I, I'm not particularly sure. They feel a little bit hobbity to me. They feel like they're not really of the universe. The depth of their culture isn't interesting. It's not like a Cardassian or a a Dominion or Klingon thing. It's just very surface level and sort of stupid. Um, it doesn't feel nuanced in a way that the other species do, especially in Deep Space Nine. The Ferengi, for all that Deep Space Nine is trying to fix that culture, it's really just making them not a laughing stock. But then every script involving them is a comedy or a farce. It's like, do you not want them to be a laughing stock or are they just the funny characters? I don't know. Not very good. Anyway, I'm going to play an audio clip. I'll come back and I'm going to break down or I'll give my final thoughts. How about that? You always have been. I had to be. You were always too easy on him. Maybe if you pushed him a little bit harder, he would have amounted to something. I doubt it. When it comes to business, he's a lot like your father. You enjoy insulting father, don't you? I'm not insulting anyone. I'm just being honest. Rom's a lot like his father. And you... I suppose are a lot like me. All right. So I read the patron thoughts. If you guys go to patreon.com slash the Penske file, you can leave thoughts about upcoming episodes. If you support the podcast over there and that's about it. There was only a couple, not particularly an interesting episode for people. I don't think I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give it a three. It's like a week three. There's nothing egregiously wrong with it. It was fine to watch. It's just, there's no, there's nothing interesting about it. It's functional without being investing. And well, ironically for Ferengi, um, it is, there's nothing, there's nothing to think about in my opinion. It's just kind of this, you know, misogyny is bad. Clearly here's a woman who's standing up against that. Good. There's no stakes. Like the, the, the closest that Brunt ever gets is to learning about this is like, you have three days. He gives them like a three day deadline. It's just no, there's no, there's nothing really drawing me into the episode. It's perfectly functional. It's written fairly well. You could cut out all the character names and insert it into an episode like CSI Miami and it would work. But I don't think that's a positive. I think that it's just a dull episode. Um, that doesn't really 
sort of leave any lasting impression. In a couple, in a year or so, if you ask me what profit motive and what family business are, I might confuse the two episodes. They're just, they're interchangeable that way and not being um, interesting or holding my attention. I'll give it a three out of five. Anyway, guys, thank you very much for listening. Sorry, it's just me. We'll be back with Clay for the next couple. And then we're going to be wrapping up season three very shortly. So thank you very much for listening. You can go to all the social media links. There's Facebook, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. You can go to Discord. Discord is a good channel that we have now. It's a good time to uh, hang out there and talk to other Star Trek fans. There's a link in the video description for that. You can go to patreon.com slash the Penske file. Um, and that is where you go if you want to support the show and you get extra podcasts by doing that. If you're unfamiliar, Patreon is a sort of a website that collects um, whatever you want to pay for people. If you're enjoying someone's content, you can give them a couple dollars a month and you can uh, Patreon sends it to them. You get some perks out of it. Potentially you get free downloads from us, free MP3s. And that, well, not free, but if you consider you're supporting the show, then they are kind of free. But anyway, there's extra stuff on the Patreon is my point. Um, and as always, the... Uh, captain tier level gets a shout out here thanks very much go to Stephen cobb matt flores samuel custer santos gonzalez robert cummins andrew carolog matthew cutler spinobi russ graham eric johnson nathan elliott decker sebastiani neil brennan carrier mobility michael pond bradley killens rune venler jay stanley mike burnett matthew ross ben douglas kyle barrett joint mango tark latif thank you very much everybody oh and holly mclaughlin who uh, also is on that list i just missed her Guys and girls, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Uh, The Ferengi episode has made me think about that. I need to be more gender specific in how I thank people. But thank you very much. It's much appreciated. Uh, We'll be back with... What is after this? It's Shakar, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, We'll be back in a couple days. Otherwise, take it easy.